They should remake the Star Wars movies once George Lucas dies. Welcome to Elder Speak, episode 17, the official podcast for elder-geek.com. Unfortunately, all you guys are stuck with me, Gavin, the news editor for the site, as host this week. But thankfully, we're balancing my ass out with a couple cool guys. We got Mots going on here. Say hi, Mots. Hey, guys. And we got Elliot coming in, fresh from SGC, with all of his fun little news items. Say hi, Elliot. Hey. Cool. How's everyone doing? Great, great, great. Okay, doing cool. All right, let's move right into games we've been playing. Elliot, let, uh, let's start out with you. What you've been doing geeky this week? Um, playing Call of Juarez Bound in Blood quite a bit. The multiplayer is really, really good. Almost as good as the single player. And uh, How far are you? Well, I mean, I beat the single player in about oh, okay. two nights. In about two nights, because uh, I just couldn't stop playing. It's <laughs> a good sign. See, I stopped yeah. at the uh, I stopped at the uh, the intro for Mexico, or I guess episode two, and I haven't really picked it up since then. Huh. Well, I mean, I loved the game. I thought it was. I think it's one of the best this year. It's. Wow. Well, I mean, it's just you know I I bought it at the same time as Red Faction Guerrilla, and so no. between <laughs> those two, it's like yeah, Red Faction is the better game. Well, at least so far. It's more suited to Matt's demolition tastes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just like I just like Call of Horrors because I mean I love westerns and especially games. I I think it's an underrepresented time period. You mm, know, uh, the last definitely. good western game in my memory is a uh, Lucas Arts Outlaws, and uh, I mean, yeah, we've had stuff like Dark Watch, but all of them have just been. I mean, okay, there's Red Dead Revolver, there's Gun, there's Outlaws. And Call of Horrors, and those are the four main Western-themed games. Mm-hmm. There just aren't enough. Because how about the? I gotta uh, say that I like the feel of a old rifle or a big beefy revolver a lot more than some high-tech assault rifle. In terms yeah. of first-person shooters. Yeah, you have to have a good developer behind it because otherwise there's a lot of just um, things connected to the genre itself that would drag a game down. I mean, it's not necessarily suited to the Gears of War type. But I think um, from what I played, they were really good at matching the relative archaic nature of the guns uh, with a lot of power. I mean, it, took, it takes a lot to yeah. reload, but they got, they got a lot of push behind it. So I think they balanced oh, yeah. it out much better than a lot of Western games did. And I think that was a problem with a lot of Western-themed games. They, just, they try to make it too authentic. And it doesn't mm-hmm. really hold up to the you know the hyper action of a lot of modern games. Yeah, it 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 sort of gives you that reward, especially the rifle in that game is just. Oh yeah. If you if you play as Thomas, it's just I I mean I prefer that uh, I prefer just using the rifle and going around in the normal mode, just aiming and, and shooting people, just because of the ragdoll and, and because of the weight of the gun and everything, as opposed yeah. to going into slow mo with the guns and stuff. So, yeah. I know. didn't get a chance to duel. In the game, though, I heard that was not not done very well. Elliot, uh, did you get a chance to I do it? I, mean, I thought it was done as well as it 
could be done at all. I mean, you just use the right analog stick and you use that to control your hand and you hover by your gun. And then when you get the prompt, you pull your gun out and shoot. Wait, he means dual wielding. Or, or no, you, you no, mean... No, no, I said a duel, as in like Oh, a yeah, a duel. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The duels, I, I mean, knew. the duels yeah. were pretty good. I mean, I can't think of any other way to do them better. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a quick time event in disguise, but uh, the the event itself doesn't uh, lend itself to a lot of creativity. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad to hear I, that they actually managed something good with it. I guess I could... I guess they could turn it into more of a game. It wouldn't really make sense, but... I think that kind of thing could work as a rhythm thing. Uh, explain that. How, how do you think? Well, imagine the beats of the clock. You'd have to match them or something. Oh. And, I mean, it wouldn't really make sense in terms of the, you know, the rain, the pure physical act, but it would make the thing more fun. I think. Yeah, we're still working with uh, sound prompts. So I mean, Elliot, if I remember correctly, it's the uh, it's the tuning of the clock that tells you that you can shoot, right? Yeah. So I have to wait so, for the yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're still working with you know rhythm recognition, but I mean, it, for what it is, um, I heard it was I've heard different things about it, but I'm glad Elliot's cool with it. Um, was it's, that I the mean, only thing? It's a lot more immersive than you know a big button prompt on screen. Yeah. Yeah. I actually shot my. I only did the duel once, but I shot the guy in the balls. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what I do. <laughs> well, that's the first part that you can you can shoot, really. Yeah, it takes too long for your uh, crosshair to get to their head. Mm. So you just wow, you guys are yeah. brutal. <laughs> well, you don't really control the thing; it just sort of moves upwards. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. Sounds sweet. I'll... I mean, I like the game the most just because I thought the storyline and writing was just top notch. <laughs> and really? Yeah. Huh. I mean. I... Although the, it wasn't really original, there wasn't a single element of the game that hadn't been tested in a movie at some point in the past. I mean, the entire first mission was just ripped straight out of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, that's good then. I mean, if you're going to rip, Sergio Leone is probably the best way to go. Yeah. <sighs> movie freaks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I, guess, that... I, guess, I guess I didn't really like the whole bickering between the brothers. <sighs> Something about it, it just... Uh, it's Didn't play enough, I'm, I'm stepping cliched. out of this, but... I guess it's cliched in a way, it's it's annoying to listen to. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's a classic Western theme, yeah. um, I mean, it's a classic theme just as a whole, just sibling rivalry, and... Uh, well, this takes it to a whole new extreme, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah Bird definitely. threats and everything, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's like the days of our lives or something. <laughs> Well, that is, is, that a, is that your extent of geekdom this week, Elliot? You got anything else? Um, let me check. I think I bought some more games that I shouldn't have bought. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, there were reprints, or I don't know if there were reprints, or Atlas found a warehouse full of them, but uh, Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2 and Shin Megami uh, yeah. Tensei Nocturne are Pick those up, too, as well. Yeah, those are all available, so I bought those. And, uh. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm planning on getting a 3DO. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Any there's one game reason? in. Just one game. It's called, uh. Zadnost, the People's Party. It's a two player game show like game, uh. centered around communism. 
Huh? Yeah. It's, uh, I've, just the concept is just so strange and outlandish, I, I simply have to play it. <laughs> and it's, you realize this is now going to have to be part of the site when you're done, right? You you, yes. you bring out the 3DO and you bring out the communist game show, this is going to have to make its way to the site. So expect that, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot and commun- communism. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> what about you, Mons? What's been on your playlist this week? I've been playing uh, a few things. Um, I've been playing some more Killing Floor, and that's... Uh, Still great, and that's that. I've been playing um, what's the, what's it called? Um, a few iPhone games as well. I've been playing I Dig It, which is uh, I don't know. It's 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 sort of a game where you you you're this big machine, right? And you start off uh, uh, you know uh, at the surface, and then you can actually dig down and collect materials and. What looks like old pieces of engines or something, and and just uh, basically amass points. Uh, once you get four of them, you have to uh, shoot up to, to the surface using some sort of rocket function on the digger, and then you uh, go and deliver the items, and you get points, and you use that to upgrade your engine or your um, your drill or your you know whatever. And it's it's pretty addicting. It's pretty fun. Um, it's the perfect time waste at work at least. I've also been playing another iPhone game called uh, Earth vs Moon. And that's basically, uh, I don't know, a mix between uh, a shoot 'em up game and and um, and Space Invaders. So you're basically you tap on the screen to to shoot rockets up to explode other incoming rockets that are supposed to damage Earth or something. Uh, the the problem is that the rockets move so slowly that you sort of have to plan for it for for delay. And so the whole thing is really uh, inconsistent and 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 hard to sort of adjust to, and it it's really not that fun because it's the same bloody rockets all the time and just gets to be more of them and it's really confusing and uh, yeah it's not very good but uh, but but I dig it it's kind of good. Um, let's see I've also been playing something else I've been playing a few PS1 games on PS3. Uh, oh very nice. I played. Um, I played, uh, just now I played Siphon Filter 1, and that's a game that I really loved back in the day, but going back to it, man, Jesus Christ. I've you, been meaning to play those. Yeah, because... it's it's very hard to go back to, because you can't use the analog sticks. Oh. And so and so you have to use the D-pad to move around. And, and That's just going against instinct now. Yeah, and that's really hard to adjust to. Back in the day, I used to rule at that game. And it does have auto aiming and stuff, but you you sort of you move your character and the camera at the same time, so the camera oh. sort of lags behind your head. It, it follows you, but it it does so at a slight delay, so you get really confused and almost kind of sick at first. And yeah, it's it's not easy to go back to. So I gave that up, and I tried something into Filter Three in hopes that that was better. And the good part is the camera isn't quite as bad, but the movement is still exactly the same, so I gave that up as well. But I did, did play some Driver, and uh, the original one, that's still awesome, so, yeah. Hey, right on. Not props to yeah. Sony for re- releasing that stuff again. Yeah, they're finally getting into the swing of con- uh, consistent PS1 updates on the P- uh, PSN. It's happy to see. They, nice just, to see. I mean, they just need to bring out more of the PS1 RPGs, because, you know... <laughs> No, you know, you know you know what they need to bring out Tomb Raider what? 2. 
I want that game so bad right now. <laughs> for Mott himself, just look, just a one-person sound. I mean, yeah. Aren't Sony they probably just? Aren't they gonna just win on that one and remake it like they did the first one? I How much did not. Zoom Air Anniversary ship? Um, I don't did. know. No. Thing is, the thing is, I, don't the, know. I never the, got the, into the remake, the remake isn't isn't exactly the same, and it should be because it's much better. Uh, uh, the first one. Oh, well, I mean, I just want the RPGs because you know, on average, PlayStation One games are the most expensive just because there are so many really, really rare RPGs. And I'm glad. Mm. I mean, they've started doing this. You know, they're going to be putting the Lunar games on PSP, and. Uh, you know, Persona 1 and 2 are going to be on PSP eventually. Persona oh, 1's yep. coming out next month or the month after that or something. Well, PSP yep. and PS3 then, wouldn't it Yeah. Be? Yeah. I mean, and, pl- uh, pretty much any any um, yeah. backwards retroactive release can be, you know, is remote play or PSP, PS3 dual release. So, hmm. Well, I mean, these are actually uh, enhanced remakes for the PlayStation Portable. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, I'm fine if they just release the originals on PSN as PlayStation 1 games. I'm fine with that, too. Yeah. yeah. What, I'm, uh, uh, what, I want to see, yeah, what I want to see is the PlayStation Network stop getting screwed in the States. Because in both the PAL regions and Japan, they have there's much more content that gets put up, and, none of, and a lot of it doesn't make the crossover to the United yeah. States. Xenogears. No. Xenogears. I have, dude, yeah, but, but not on the, not in the PAL territories. I have yeah, both. I know, but the Japanese get Xenogears yeah. and we get... Yeah, that's because of the licensing stuff. They have a way different system down there. That's true. I mean, but the PAL regions are getting um, either different or more than what the United States is getting. We're getting one a week. You guys are getting two right now. Uh, we don't have Metal Gear yet. We do have Final Fantasy, though, so that's good. Um, yeah, you guys have a bunch of stuff we don't. We just have a bunch of unknown stuff, like Jumping Flash and stuff. Hey, the unknown stuff is often the best, man. Yeah. But regardless, let's move on then. Um, I have been I have been addicted to something called Hexix, Hexix HD on the uh, Xbox Live Marketplace. And it's just a... Um, it's another puzzle game, and I'm ashamed of myself for getting it, but I just can't stop playing. Have but, you tried... Uh, sorry to interrupt. Have you tried Explosion Man? No, I haven't. I got Hexix HD for free, so I'm not okay. I'm not liking um, Microsoft's pricing uh, pricing system. I don't <laughs> like the fact that I have to you know pay for points, and then those points don't equal the appropriate value, and I'm confused all the time. And when I have to do math to buy something, I usually don't buy that thing. Mm. But um, other than that, let's see. On the PSN, I picked up something called Brain Challenge because it was on sale, and it's kind of like all those games for the DS where it's like daily activities for your brain. And it mm. says I'm improving, but I have no idea. I feel as stupid as I did before. Is, is it any? I mean, is it hard? Is it easy? Um, it's just it takes a lot of focus, but the challenges so themselves. It's, so, are it's, so it's not actually knowledge based or IQ based. It's more sort of. Uh, it's more brain function. It's basic yeah. brain function, memory and focus, and being able to take things in. So it's not it's not actual IQ tests, but it's yeah. just basic. Because it, IQ tests would limit the audience. Doing these basic challenges, make hmm. sure everyone could get in. But uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I can't. Re- I don't. It's hard to chart something like that for myself. But it says I'm doing better, so yay for me. But in <laughs> terms of actual games, 
I picked up retroactively um, Dreamfall, The Longest Journey for Xbox. Yay, so, Norway! <laughs> exactly, my friend. <laughs> I picked it up because this is where this takes place where Mats lives. I have to get it now. Well, it doesn't, take, you... it, it doesn't take place, but it comes from. <laughs> same, th- same thing. Yeah. It's ha- um, so far, it's good. I mean, I'm not, I don't have a lot of experience with modern a- adventure games. I, I went from LucasArts to doing no adventure games ever again. So, but it's an interesting adventure so far. That that game is the perfect uh, perfect um, uh, example of what I've always been saying about Funcom. They're expert experts at, at building deep and believable worlds, but they know nothing about gameplay. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, kind of like a lot of de- yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of, except they're they're even better, I would say. Oh they're yeah, even, yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's a definite depth and texture to the world. There's a viscer- viscerality to it that a lot of games lack, and it I mean, feels just, very just, inviting. Yeah, just look at Age of Conan. That's a game that has more depth and 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 yeah, as you said, texture and believability and well, everything than most any games out there, yet the gameplay is just horrible. Mm-hmm. At least from the melee perspective. Malay. It, yeah, it, it ranges from absolutely terrible to just bland, but yeah. and the that, worlds are worth it, at the least. Yeah, and I picked it up for six bots. Yeah, and so. the upcoming Secret World looks kind of good as well. At least in the, well, in the concept. <laughs> and lastly, I have been disillusioned like Matt with some of my nostalgia. I, picked, I paid $20 for Mist on my PSP. And that just that just isn't the same as it was when I played it oh so long ago on my PC. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all about this three. <laughs> yeah, very much so. so the original. This one has not aged well. Not at all. Uh, For anyone that hasn't played, yeah. it's basically you you move you move through an environment, no enemy encounters, no nothing like that. It's puzzle solving. There there's practically no NPCs, and you just solve puzzles, and it's. It feels almost like moving around in an FMV game. It's so slow and yeah. tedious. That oh man, and I paid twenty bucks for it, so I'm fe- I'm feeling particularly happy at the moment. But yeah, have so anyone tried um, the new Mist? I think it's four or five. Nah, mm-hmm. I haven't played Mist since I played it on you know my uncle's Mac back in the nineties. Okay, well the last one I played was three, and I thought that was excellent, but. Uh, so I, I watched a, a friend of mine play Mist four or five. I don't, don't remember which were, but um, he played it for five minutes. And it looked really excellent. The whole thing was really um, uh, polished, I thought. But uh, but the puzzles just seem so simple now, as opposed to the old days. I don't know. I mean, um, nowadays puzzle puzzle solving has been integrated into every game that we you know get used to doing it at so yeah, much. Yeah. And then when we see it by themselves, it it's kind of a different kind of sensation where where it's difficult to see them by, uh, just as a singular component rather than as part of a larger one. Yeah, but if you look at like uh, Mist Three, for example, there are several uh, puzzles where you actually have to crack a code. You have to you have to sort of compare symbols and and almost researched them, yet in in the mist I recently saw, the the newest one, everything seemed so obvious. It was just like uh, put the thing where it fits, you know. I think you're just too badass, Matt. Yeah, maybe. 
I think you're you're you have just become so superior in puzzle solving mods that games just don't do it for you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's say let's it. move on. Yeah, let's move on from staff member placation into the news, children. Yeah. I would do my three dog impression, but um, I I value our viewer sanity. So moving right on, a lot of news from Comic Con coming out. Surprising. I mean, it's last year's wasn't as involved with games as I th- as. This year, from my experience, I was at Comic-Con last year, and it was much more movie-aligned. But getting into the depths of it, um, Halo is getting the Matrix and Batman um, treatment in the sense that, like uh, Batman, Gotham Knight, and the Animatrix, it's getting its own little anime, what's the word, um, collaboration, multi-short film DVD of its own. And that that little ditty is called Halo Legends, and it's going to be featuring... Um, just short films from a variety of different studios, including very awesome uh, Shinji Aramaki from Appleseed and Mamoru Oshii, um, the director of Ghost in the Shell, which for any anime geek is one of the stalwart one of the stalwart pieces. So hopefully this is going to translate into some interesting stuff both you want, for and outside the Halo audience. You want to hear yeah. something? Hear something surprising? Go ahead. I've actually, I've actually watched both Appleseed movies. Really? <laughs> yeah. That is surprising. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Pretty good. Um, yeah, uh, I like them. They, uh, they, 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 very interesting graphics solution. Indeed. Mm. I mean, there's there's a lot of creativity that's going to go into this project, this Halo Legends. We're going to see whether or not that pans out into an actual good product. I mean, Animatrix was decent, but it was it felt like a tie-in product. So we're going to see how that works for Halo. Well, I mean, didn't, lot... I, didn't Microsoft create sort of a, uh, a new section of, of Microsoft to, to sort of watch over the Halo IP? Um, I'm I... Elliot. Are you? Do you know? I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they did, but you know, I don't really follow Halo that much. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, apparently, apparently, it's supposed to be kind of the same thing LucasArts are doing. Hmm. With sort of just watching over the RPs and 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 choosing the direction they want to go in, and then handing out the assignments to different developers and stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm note. actually I'm actually glad with I'm glad about LucasArts, you know, finally, you know, stopping with the whole Star Wars thing because they milked that cash cow's teeth too, <laughs> you know. Yeah, who who, you know, who just they they haven't stopped. They're just slowing down for the moment. Yeah, they're I mean, slowing down, never, and that's never gonna stop. I who mean, wants to? Yeah, if you read my review of the Tales of Monkey Island game, I mean, that was just... Episode 1 was just fantastic, and I can't wait for Episode 2. And, you know, the HD remake of Secret of Monkey Island is great, except for uh, Godfrey's hair. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I hey. despise the new direction that they took for Special Edition. I think they mean? were... Um, I, I do want to stop, though, because Moths was kind of interrupted back there. You had a point, Moths? Uh, I was gonna say, uh, who wants to bet that Halo's gonna the same thing's gonna happen to Halo? Microsoft's gonna gonna milk that cow dry. They actually just to segue into Halo Waypoint, they yeah, actually yeah. just they actually just created or plan to create a section on Xbox, sort of like a, a page basically on Xbox for Halo, just to, for you to keep track of all the Halo news, the Halo trailers, everything yeah. related to Halo basically. Well, I mean, if that's, it's kind that's of exactly. bad. It's kind of bad when you have to create an own section just to create, just to keep track of one franchise. 
Yeah. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna separate LucasArts and Microsoft here because Microsoft is what I what from what I'm seeing with Halo Waypoint and we're not sure what Halo Waypoint exactly is yet. An unexplained experience from our press uh, our press briefing on that. But I mean Microsoft supporting Halo is a company fervently supporting one of their leading products. I mean, they're not solely focused on that, whereas I could argue LucasArts has been Star Wars centric for decades and to the point of excess. No, I think there's a difference here. Okay. What, Microsoft what? is unhealthy, but it's not LucasArts level of unhealthy. Yeah, but I mean, okay. What other game franchise does Microsoft have the rights to that they support to, to this degree? Other than Gears of War, I can't think of anything. No, I don't think they have the rights to Gears of War, do they? No, it's not, uh, we're not arguing rights, we're arguing support. And yeah, they do do they do have support for Gears of War, and to the extent they had support for Fable 2, but nothing as large as Halo, but I don't think they have a product in their grasp that is as lucrative as Halo. If no, they that's, got some, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... I'm saying that Microsoft... It's gonna melt this. I I, I think oh, they they're positioning themselves really really. I mean, it's a it's an anime for Christ's sake. I think. Well, I mean, it's Halo. Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the deepest story in the world. No, of course and not. And Space Marines killing aliens. I mean. Yeah, and how 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 are they gonna convert that to an anime? I know they created an entire new district, uh, a new facet to Microsoft called 343 Industries, and that's going to be the overlooker to this project. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I was talking about. In terms of video game franchises that lend themselves to Japanese animation, Halo would be far down on my list. Yeah. But, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, what I want to see is, okay, uh, it's no secret that Final Fantasy VI is my favorite Final Fantasy, and I think uh, that seven is overrated. But let's not get into that. What I'd like Please. to see is an Advent Children-like movie based on Kefka. Or, even better, a movie animated in the art style of Yoshitaka Amano. Or, possibly, a Hayao Miyazaki movie. We're Hayao Miyazaki is never going to happen, and your Yoshitaka Amano movie is being placated to people like you from Square, and they're calling it a Dissida Final Fantasy. And that's as close as I think we're going to get. I'd like, I like what you're saying. I just don't. I'm gonna say right now. Pretty sure it's not gonna happen. I don't know. Yoshitaka Mano doesn't really have much to do with the city of Final Fantasy. <laughs> let's well, just uh, yeah. Just uh, just, just to interrupt yeah. there. We're getting way out of topic now. Yeah, we are very much so. But Microsoft's milking the, the Halo team, Halo Legends, a collaborative multi-feature. Yeah, and then you have Halo Reach, Halo ODST, and I'm betting you next year we're gonna have two new Halos. Yeah, who knows? But as of right now, it's, Halo is getting an anime, so yay for them. Yeah, it's like Nintendo with Mario. I mean, the only company that I that seems to not be latching on with barnacle-like fervor to one franchise is Sony. Uh, I can Yeah, I'll move on, but I'll just say Little Big Planet, and now we're moving on. So no more. We're moving on to the news, and our moving on to the news now is. Double Fine countersuing Activision for Brutal Legend. If you'll remember, <laughs> if you recall, Activision is suing Double Fine and uh, I believe Electronic Arts um, due to the release uh, due to the release and rights to Brutal Legend, Tim Schafer's heavy metal inspired action title. 
And yeah. now Double Fine is getting itself into the ring with a counter a counter lawsuit. So it's just getting a big old mess. And I hope that doesn't mean that we're going to get a, a delay or any effect, on, any ill effect on and, Brutal Legend release. And, and some interesting news came out of this. Um, Double Fine officially stated that the reason, uh, basically, uh, the game got sort of dropped by Activision in the first place was because Activision wanted to make it into a Guitar Hero game. Sort of, yeah. I guess, something like Guitar Hero Adventures or something has been quoted many <laughs> oh, times. Uh, and <laughs> if you think about it, that would be the best Guitar Hero game yet, and that <laughs> would be the absolute worst direction for, for Brutal Legend. And, but- I mean, Activision must be just <laughs> kicking themselves in the head for letting that you know, IP go, because... Just the whole concept of having a Brutal Legend Edition Guitar Hero controller. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're, we're just talking about calling it Guitar Hero, basically. I think. No, I'm, apparently... I'm just saying that even if Brutal Legend came out on its own as it is right now under Activision, Activision could have milked that thing so much. Mm-hmm, they could indeed. have made. And, you know, they just. They probably thought that it wasn't going to be successful. I mean, because considering Tim Schafer's past record, he—I mean, his games don't really sell that well. They're amazing games, but they don't sell well. Yeah, and, and Activision's knee-jerk reaction tends to be put a, a hero at the end of the name and sell it with peripherals. Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't. Uh, apparently, this is what it sounded like to me. It would just be Brutal Legend the way, basically, the way it is. It might have a few different directions, but it would be called. Something something guitar hero or guitar hero something something and it it would basically just be you know how if you've seen the videos you do the whole yeah. guitar solo to summon the car and everything yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm guessing that was a big inspiration to, to this decision by Activision and so basically what what Tim Schafer had said is just no no way uh, no way <laughs> no how and after he apparently said that enough times uh, they dropped the game and so. Double Fine went on to EA, and uh, Activision got pissed because the game got a lot of attention, and here, yeah. here we are. So, so <laughs> thankfully, Brutal Legend is not going to be Brutal Legend, a Guitar Hero adventure. So, yeah. But in terms of all these lawsuits, I mean, do we think this could have an adverse effect on Brutal Legend's release? I mean, they it's coming out. They can't win this thing. No. No. Nah. So what what's our end prediction for the these this just this orgy of lawsuits? Activision's gonna lose a lot of money. Yeah. And waste a lot of time. Yeah. And just oh. embarrass themselves. And just make people like me who are fervent supporters of Tim Schaefer be less inclined to buy an Activision game. Hmm. You heard you heard us, Activision. We are the end deciders, so stop <laughs> this foolishness, man. Alright, I'm gonna On turn a... this over to you. what go ahead. Uh, just to segue into another guitar-based uh, game, we have Rock Band, which uh, Harmonix have, have uh, officially released a statement um, uh, pimping their Rock Band network feature, which is basically going to be a way for the smaller bands and the smaller labels to, to publish their songs independently on Rock Band. So if you own, uh, if you own uh, a license to a, to a piece of music, you can contact some sort of um, programmers or do it yourself, whatever, and and publish your song on uh, on the Rock Band network. That's pretty that's cool. That's excellent. Yeah. If we if they can keep the servers up, that's going to be a great tool for independent musicians. Yeah, and that's yeah, going to let me play I mean, some of my favorite songs as well. So. 
Just uh, for the love of God, I just want a PlayStation 3 guitar that works with Bluetooth. <laughs> that's that's all I want. I mean, it shouldn't be too hard. I've there are DIY guides online telling you how to hardwire your DualShock 3 into a Guitar Hero controller. I mean, why can't it be done? Because the that stupid dongle uses antiquated wireless technology and in my house it just won't work. Wait. So Guitar Hero 3 even has Bluetooth and support for for PlayStation 3. No, it doesn't. Uh it does for me. Damn you, it, Norway! <laughs> it comes with it comes with a USB plug thing. Not for PS3. Okay, yes. all right. Not Thanks. here. Not in Norway. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> oh. Norway gets the yeah. As we end most stories, Norway gets the best of everything. Yeah. But Rock Band, uh, you know, Harmonics is continuing their string of good ideas here. And hopefully, I mean, if we can get interest up, if they can keep the servers up, which I think is going to be the main issue, which I don't think there's going to be a lot of problem with, we're going to see a lot of, we can see a lot of careers launched off this, which in turn will help Harmonix. So it's a great business move. So go, go Rock Band, go Harmonix. And now everyone like me, who was a fervent supporter of the Guitar Hero franchise a few years ago, are crawling back into our shame holes because it's just pathetic at the moment. But go, go Rock Band. And, all right, so to segue more into our discussion of PlayStation, um, Castle Crashers, one of the most beloved games on the Xbox Marketplace, is coming to the PlayStation Network. Yay. And that's about (laughs) all we know. Indeed. I mean, um, not a lot of releases from Behemoth, correct, Mots? Behemoth software? Software? I think they've uh, released, like, two or three games on Xbox, but this is really the big one. But the thing is... Um, or you were talking about information releases? Yeah. Yeah, so the thing is, uh, they basically just said, yeah, it's coming to um, to PSN, and uh, they don't know when, they don't know if it's going to include the add-ons, if it's going to have some sort of new feature, uh, nothing. So, um, yeah. And, and no word on the DLC that's attached to the Xbox Live release of the Castle Crashers making it to the PlayStation Network with the game. Mm. But... Just having the game is a big is a big step in favor of PlayStation Network because that is one of the most beloved games on Xbox's digital distribution system. That and Braid. Yeah. So if, yeah, if PlayStation Network hits Braid, I mean, there's less and less reasons to own, uh, to have Xbox yeah. for downloaded games. I mean, still, PlayStation Network still far and beyond. Well, let's um, let's, let's not on. let's not turn this into a console war. No. More people get. To- gets to play awesome games. Yep. That's really the important part. Uh, yeah. To segue into uh, another uh, piece of content that features Knights Killing Monsters, uh, Sam Raimi is actually going to direct the Warcraft movie, uh, which is still in early production. Um, uh, Sam Raimi is... Is that how you say his name, by the way? Sam Raimi, yeah. Raimi. Raimi. Raimi, okay. Yeah. Is, uh, is actually um, the director of the uh, Spider-Man movies. Which and makes and Evil Dead. more importantly, Evil Dead. You know? Well, yeah, but his most recent big work is yeah. Spider-Man, which sort of makes me lose a lot of hope. Uh, yeah, okay. me too. And frankly, I didn't think Evil Dead was all that great either. It's a cult classic. Yeah, I know. I mean, but, yeah, right. I, I understand where that's cult, coming from. But yeah, but, dude, seriously, cult, cult classics are rarely objectively good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I mean, well, 
aside from nostalgia bashing here, I mean, Sam Raimi, in all of his work, is a rather odd choice for the Warcraft yeah. formula, if you will. Hmm. I'm not even sure how the Warcraft formula will lend itself to a two-hour feature, but Sam Raimi has surprised me before, and I think he has a competent director enough uh, to I have think, the basics down for any, I th- any film. I think I heard someone say that um, the Warcraft uh, movie, or movies, is actually going to be a series of six. Oh, good wow. God. And I that mean, are they gonna be f- me. If you've read the book like I have, that's not surprising at all. Actually, yeah, the Warcraft lore is pretty deep, and you know, it could be it could be made into a movie. I have no doubt that yeah. if there's any franchise with enough depth and characters to make yeah, into a series and, of movies, and it would be major Warcraft. and major action adve- events. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, certainly so, I there's enough there's the enough there to yeah there's enough there to make make a blockbuster. It's just a question of Sam Raimi given given the helm at this point. Mm-hmm. But is it going to be live action? Do we know? Um. Well, well, it's it's a pretty good idea to say yes. See, I don't see how that would work. That's going to be a lot of CG. That's going to be a Lord of the Rings scale production, and I don't know how it's going to turn out. But hey, Sam Raimi went from you know gorefest gorefest horror films to blockbuster comic book movies, so he obviously has some sort of know how about him. But he knows how to mainstream mainstream. Yeah, Yeah, Spider Man Two was good. (laughs) <laughs> we're not gonna get that is a that is a four hour conversation so yeah but sam raimi's competent and we're just gonna have to see we don't know a lot about it but that's yeah. going on but not only is the warcraft license getting a movie also castlevania is getting a film treatment and um let's see james van is doing it. james van yes von van van looks like van like all right well Juan. Juan. Oh, okay <laughs> oh yeah he's uh, Juan with a w but uh you know, Norwegians and Germans pronounce W's as V's. No, we don't, uh, actually, but yeah, we have W's, but yeah. I just made a mistake. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, we go. he, that is- he, he's actually the guy behind the Saw movies, or at least the first one. He wrote all of them, but he only directed the first one, I think. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's the guy this, with... Yeah, he did a, a movies called Dead Silence, and... Uh, I think he did Drag Me to Hell as well. Uh, no, no, that was Sam Raimi. Raimi. Oh, Sam Raimi. Oh, okay. See how it all, t- see how it all ties together. Uh, but anyway, Mats, yeah. he is responsible for the Saw films, at least the original ones, and now he is given the reins of the Castlevania franchise. Mm. Supposedly in the very early stages of development, so we're told. Yeah. Looks yeah. promising. I, Indeed, I, think it, but... I think it all hinges on, uh, well, first of all, which character? I mean, are they going to use Simon Belmont? Are they going to use Alucard? Are they going to have a new character? Uh Who's going to play Dracula? I mean, I'm just really afraid that this is going to turn out like Van Helsing. And I mean, Van Helsing was just painfully bad movie. Again, I thought it was nice and cheesy, but hey, yeah. go ahead. So did I. But, I, thought, I thought it was exactly what I expected it to be. But what we know so far, and it's not much, Vaughn um, Juan is very excited about high-stylized fantasy action action films. And uh, he's very intrigued with the anime-like characters and the vampire killer whip. So, I mean, we have elements there that could make mm-hmm. a good movie. But, again, we know basically nothing as of mm. right now. So there's a lot up to grab. But I can see a good movie in the works, and I could, I'm going to wait for it, and I'll anticipate it. What do you guys I, think? I think in terms of quality, in terms of video game movie quality, I think it might be comparable to Hitman or something. 
Ooh, that's not a, that's not a very high recommendation. Yeah, see, see I the thing like is, see the thing with Hitman is, uh, in my opinion, is that it's it might not be as true as possible to the game, but it's a really nice way to introduce people who haven't played the games to the whole thing. Mm. It's a really nice way to 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 sort of make a movie everyone can enjoy, sort of mainstream it while keeping yeah. the the major parts of the games present. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of elements that can translate to a popular movie, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, and yeah. the and 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 the and the actor is is really great. I think the main actor. Yeah, I have high, well, I have higher <laughs> hopes for it than I do for uh, any God of War movie. Yeah, which which is also in the works, but again, we know absolutely nothing. But yeah. mainly, Castlevania gonna, and Warcraft. We know nothing you know, about them. But for God of War, so- you know. No matter where you write about it, there's always some stupid little kid saying that Vin Diesel should be Kratos, and <laughs> that would be the singularly worst decision in casting ever made. In, yeah. You know, just ever. It should either be it should either it should either be Adewale Akinui Agbaje who plays uh, Simon Adebisi in Oz and Mr. Echo in Lost, or it should be Jaiman Hansu. Which David Jaffe actually mentioned. Jaimin Hansu, he's uh, he was in Gladiator with Russell Cl- Cr- Russell Crowe, and uh, he's also African American. Isn't which he? For a, yeah. So? For, for which a with a well, I mean, as as bad as that sounds for me to say that, being pale is actually part of the character. So I mean, are no, we going to have? It does, it, are we going to have? No, it doesn't matter. In pale face, it, in is his covered in ash? Yeah, he's covered in ash makeup. Either way, even if it's a white guy, he's covered in ash. If you look at Kratos before, he's covered in the ash of his dead family. Yeah, he's covered. That pink. was a spoiler. Yeah, I mean, well, 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 yeah, I, but he looks he's Greek. still pretty well tanned. Yeah, he looks Greek. Yeah, but I mean, there is a different. I mean, Hansu is is very dark. I mean, there's. I mean, the makeup. Uh, in terms of the makeup knowledge I have, I mean, ash makeup. It, there's going to have to be a lot of extensive work on him to see, make see him what, here. See, see what they do. They they'll probably do. They're probably gonna do some sort of gray latex cover or something, and then ash well, on top of that. I mean, it's actually not that hard because even you know, okay, let's say a movie like uh, one good example is uh, Apocalypto. Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. The natives in there covered it from head to toe in ash makeup, and they look perfect. And you know, these aren't even advanced makeup techniques. These this is actually just as simple as covering yourself in literal ash. Mm. I mean, I don't think that the skin color of the of the actor will be an issue at all. Ash is actually really dense. It reflects almost yeah. all sunlight. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, Sam Raimi, James Wan, uh, Elliot's in- content information is on our site. <laughs> so he obviously knows what to do. So everyone... Get to him, Elliot. We're we're pimping you. We're <laughs> pimping your film knowledge. You are going to be making every film, every video game movie ever from now on. <laughs> but okay. But more in line, more back into the news here. We got more details on the uh, mysterious Xbox 360 dashboard update that's coming up. So what it's do we a- got for that, guys? It's actually in beta right now uh, for a few select people, um, mostly interested guys. So you guys can forget it, or well, you listeners can forget it. We can probably get in if we want to. But anyway, uh, but anyway, yeah, they have um, they have um, a few things. They have a, uh, an, an avatar store where you can 
purchase items for your avatar. You can purchase new clothes. You can purchase, you know, makeup, hair, glasses, accessories, <sighs> whatever, you know. And I couldn't care less, much like yeah. home. That actually, um, yeah, that actually feels like a home, a yeah. home response, which is odd yeah. for Microsoft to be making at this point. But continue, Mats. Uh, you're also supposed to have, let's see, um, see, now I forgot the whole thing. Um, uh, why did I forget this? <laughs> do you guys see the post? <laughs> Alright, we're gonna do some scrambling here, people. This is how yeah. awesome we are. Yeah. <laughs> see, now you're just... Moving on. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, we're yeah. move we're move on, but there's a lot yeah. of de- there's a lot of mystery going on, and you guys can't get to it anyway. So, but st- stuff's going down. All right, but moving on, uh, we have a, another sequel reveal. Those seem to be popping up everywhere. Command and Conquer Four is coming out. Yay! <laughs> we, what do we got on that, guys? Uh, it's probably going to be another console game, I think. Indeed, I think it's uh, just like Red Alert Three. I think it's. Um, they're going to focus, at least the marketing, on the console stuff. And then they're going to sort of downplay the PC version just to avoid as much piracy as possible. It's it's probably still going to be a PC-developed game. But, yeah. I mean, if you saw the sales for um, for and the hype for Red Alert 3, it was all basically console stuff. So sure. I, think, I think they're going in that direction more and more. And uh, that sort of upsets me. Um... They're good games. They're very fun to 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 sort of have on on lands and stuff. But uh, that's about it. It's not really the kind of thing that you stick around and play a, a lot. At least yeah. I don't. There have only been uh, a couple of uh, real time strategy games that I have consistently played, and those are StarCraft, Warcraft Two, and uh, Age of Empires Two. Yeah, that's base uh, and uh, and. Uh, Empire Earth 2 as well, for me. <laughs> well, I have the Xbox details here right now, if you want. Oh, excellent. Look, we're, we're returning to the dashboard update. Yep. To save our asses. Mats, please, redeem us. Uh, major updates include um, the whole Facebook, uh, Twitter, and soon video stuff, as well as Last as a, FM. Uh, yeah. They also... Uh, Improve a lot of stuff for gold members and and sort of give them more and uh, more more stu- more stuff to do, uh, give them more discounts and stuff like that. Um, they fixed a lot of stuff. Uh, if you, if you use the voice messages at all, you'll notice sometimes that uh, you get blank messages from guys to just empty audio with no voice at all, and they sort mm-hmm. of remove all that. So that basically that was a problem with the whole. Um, a mute function on the mic. So if you had accidentally muted your mic, they, it it actually wouldn't tell you that it was muted when you did the voice messages. So you'd end up sending a blank message to someone, and so sort of all sort of, uh, yeah, weird bugs like that are have been removed. Um, they updated pretty good. They updated Netflix as well. I think they've already done that actually, uh, with uh, with uh, improving the whole whole. Uh, browser, basically, how to browse, how to find the movies you want. You can also make uh, make uh, queues to, to to movies you want to rent and uh, uh, and sort of uh, catalog your favorites, basically. Um, you get a richer uh, information on your friends. You can you can see exactly what they're watching, how far up they're they're in the movie, what scene they might be in. 
Um, and yeah, stuff like that, basic improvements. Uh, you can now download games, games on demand service. So full, full uh, DVD games can actually be downloaded on the uh, on the Xbox uh, store when uh, Excellent. when this yeah. releases for the public. Uh, I think as of now, it's only like 20 games, uh, 24 actually. So yeah. Uh, in time, there'll probably be more. Right now, it's just the major ones, I'm guessing. Um, and yeah, you can rate all these games. You can rate every sort of piece of content uh, from now on. So you can rate uh, all arcade games. You can rate um, new games, whatever. And so that will make a really nice way to figure out if you want a game without having to go and check reviews on sort of third-party sites and stuff. So Yeah, yeah but so then we're going to be out of a job. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just focus Elder, on history, guys. <laughs> Elder D, now coming to you live from Xbox Marketplace. All right, <laughs> a lot of good stuff to look for then, Moth. Thanks for that, especially if you're a gold member. But we're running, we're running a bit long here, folks. So yep. we're just gonna uh, we're gonna glaze over our last menu, which is basically every major game coming from EA is getting the graphic novel slash comic book treatment. So look out for that. We got Dante's Inferno, we got Mass Effect Two, we got and the Prince of Persia movie, all getting high-end comic books, and whether or not those are going to be good are irrelevant for this podcast, because we need to move on, and we're going to Elliot now, who's going to tell us all about his... Um, SG2. Uh, yeah, no. Um, excuse me, sorry. Pretty over with Elliot. Yeah. Okay, Just, well, uh, I went to SGC this past July 4th weekend, and it was the first one. And it was fantastic. I mean, I've never been to a gaming convention before, but I really enjoyed this mostly because it was small scale. Uh, it was focused more on older titles. And, uh, I don't know, just the community there was a lot better. You know, because, you know, I'd, I'd run into people that I saw. I saw some people on Friday and I'd run into them again you know, the next day and the day after that, it was really a good way to, it felt a lot more personal. It didn't feel like you were just in this massive group of people. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, and so having a press pass was just awesome. I mean, I love <laughs> press passes. They're, they're so good. So what kind of things did you get exclusive then by the press patch? I mean, um, mostly just... I could walk by all of the lines and cross all of the velvet ropes. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. VIP experience going on here. Yeah. Pretty bit, pretty bitchin', man. Pretty bitchin'. I, I'm, I'm guessing some people thought you were a dick at that point. Because <laughs> I mean, you. No, like, most people. I mean, you, most people didn't believe me that I was pressed because you know, I look about seventeen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. Also, I mean, we must be one of the few media outlets there. I mean, I, I don't think all that... Actually, no, we weren't. Actually, no, we weren't. Um, You know, there were... I was, you know, I was the only person from Elder-Geek.com, Elder and, you know, other sites had press teams of, you know, anywhere from two to five people. That's strange. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was a designated room for the press, you know, just a conference room with a table just full to the brim with laptops and other electronics and cameras. And, uh, you know, I think the local Dallas TV news was there as well. Huh. 
See, I don't really oh. remember any sort of news coming out of there. Well, I mean, there wasn't really any news. It was... Yes, you got to figure why the press then. It's an opportunity to tell a story. I mean, that was a hu- it was a huge event regardless of any news coming yeah. out of it. I, especially mm. for the local news team. I mean, that's something huge to report. You have a lot of gaming celebrities yeah. in some sense in one place. But so yeah, good experience, I mean, it's, yeah, it was. And uh, you know, Nolan Bushnell's address was fantastic, and uh, the Jack Thompson. Mark uh, Methanitis debate was good as well, and uh, although you know most people, uh, a lot of the younger people there were just there for uh, you know the angry video game nerd and uh, stuttering Craig and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that's the really popular stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but overall, had a lot of fun then. Yeah, and you were. You represent yeah. our team, and that's right. Yeah, uh, I defeated anyone who challenged me in uh, Super Smash Bros. 64. <laughs> I should have been there. I'd kick your ass. <laughs> um, let's move on to the question of the week, then. Um, sure thing. This week, our question of the week is, uh, or sort of more topic, sexuality in games. What, who, why, where, and all that stuff. Uh, Elliot, why don't you start? Um, frankly, uh, I don't think there's enough of it, or rather, I think that stupid, you know, house frows get all pissed off whenever, you know, their child glances at so much as a tit in a video game. If they see it in a movie or on TV or anywhere else, you know, it's not as bad, but if it's in a video game, it's a lot worse. I, I think I, that... I, I, go ahead, I mean, It's perfect, my, just the whole fact that Fahrenheit, uh, you know, known as Indigo Prophecy in the States, an entire scene was just cut out because it was a sex scene. And what I mean, it was cut out. Yeah, the American release oh, the doesn't American. have that scene. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it just seems completely unreasonable. I just think that America, th- this is just a whole thing about America. They have their prior, they don't really have their priorities straight. I mean, to them, wanton violence and all sorts of other sick, sadistic, you know, twisted shit is fine. But nudity, sex, anything like that, you know. Yeah, it, well, it gets it gets the brunt of the of the hate from. Yeah. Be glad you're not. Be glad you're not in Germany then, because they don't allow any of that stuff. Neither sex nor violence. No. Yeah. No, they allow sex. Hmm. No, I'm pretty sure they're pretty... Uh, I mean, uh, Age of Conan, for example, had to censor their uh, their sexual content. And that's an 18-plus 18, well, I mean, 18 game. I mean, this is mostly... Uh, when talking about this, I can't help but talk about just media as a whole, not just video games, because, you know, in Germany, you can open up to page three of any popular newspaper, and there's a naked woman right there. Hmm. Don't know why, but there is. And... You know, people are a lot more open to just nudity and sexuality and stuff like that. Wow. I was going to say, At if least... the New York Times implemented that, the newspaper industry could possibly be saved. Yeah. Just three, <laughs> page three, naked women. There's the solution, yeah. man. See, see, our newspapers here in Norway don't really shy away from that either. It's it's more about reporting facts than, than sort of censoring yeah. stuff. I mean, if if, uh, but... if, uh, if a naked lady, dead lady, is lying in the streets, then they'll show the picture of it. 
but far 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 be it from us uh, for us to get into media rage here yeah. i think i think what elliot was on a point about that i wanted to elaborate on is that unfortunately i don't agree with him that games are being targeted um, specifically in terms of sex i think games are being targeted specifically as games period i mean sexuality has been a dilemma in every single media format there has been i mean the mpaa regulations for rating rate violence much lower on the scale of offensiveness than nudity. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, just, I mean, I just think video games being the, you know, ch- child child molesting entertainment format du jour is getting a lot of flack from that. But I I don't well, it, it's odd because games don't implement sexuality as a narrative tool as much as other media forms. Like, case in case in point, the whole the whole Mass Effect scandal on Fox. Exactly. Yeah. And that was and that's it's sad not because you know media are being stupid that's what they usually do it's sad because that's the proper way to have sexuality in video games it's very narrative based it's it's very brief but there's causation for it it's just it's it's exactly like a movie it's exactly like any James Bond movie ever made they show a bit of side boobs a bit of side ass and that's about it and it's very uh, and then you get and then you get you know just brainless idiots on Fox saying that it's Star Wars meets Debbie Does Dallas. And that's a direct <laughs> quote. Yeah, por- a porn simulator was the tagline on the cro- on the yeah. scroll bar on the bottom. But yeah. that... Um, well, I mean, it's Fox but, News. I mean... Yeah. But that... But that's the problem. It's not just... It wasn't just Fox News. I mean, yeah, the story leaked out everywhere else. But that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Even, even the most mature methods of having sexuality in gaming are being pegged with these immature labels. It's yeah. I found it all that Mass Effect got that flack for and then you look at God of War with sex mini games and no <laughs> one and that hasn't gotten any flack. And I like both. I'm I'm fine with both, but um I think Mass Effect's method of sexuality and narrative needs to be praised, needs to be implemented more often. I think Bioware had the right idea. I'd like to see more games doing that. I think there are. Um, I think- I, I, Alpha Protocol um, seem is plugging their ability to have multiple sex scenes and all that stuff, but I think there's a major dilemma in the way video games are reported in general that needs to be fixed if we ever want to see video games and sexuality being together. I think there's also least, a point to this whole Uncanny Valley thing that people don't really think of uh, animated characters having sexual intercourse uh, as something to want, as something to... Yeah, very much so. To... to to want to experience, to want to watch. Uh, But I think a lot of people are smart about getting around that. Uh, Max Payne, for instance, did a a really uh, well-written and well-implemented scene with uh, with Max and Mona Mona Sachs, where they basically just um, humped up against a a container, but you didn't really see anything. It just was a lot of sounds and a lot of... uh, Yeah... Well, I mean, that's Max Payne, and that's what happens when a bunch of Finnish developers get together and make one of the coolest games ever. Yeah, that's what happens when genius gets distilled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah. Uh, so I think there's a lot of ways to do sexuality in games where you don't actually have to to sort of be afraid of that. Uncanny yeah. I, I Just that image, I saw like Fallout 3 characters just like molesting each other awkwardly in front of me, like never blinking. Just like the uncanny, the uncanny valley imagery was kind of humorous, mm. but kind of like um, Gmod porn. Gmod porn's <laughs> hilarious. I'm sorry, what's that? Gary's oh, mod. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
<laughs> There's actually porn in that as well. Well, yeah, well, it's because you can apply thrusters to each body part, and you know, <laughs> you you start. <laughs> it's just a matter of time before you have a bunch of you know, the uh, uh, resistance fighters from Half Life Two just you know having this massive orgy in a CS office or something. <laughs> All right, but I think we. I think we have a dilemma here. I mean, there's an obvious separation between narrative games and stuff like Gmod. Or to compare industries, I mean, there seems to be such a a scare over implementing sexual means of narr- of c- uh, scenery or narrative explanation that you have one where there's almost like this fright of sexuality in games, like Gears of War, you know, Gears of War, anything like that. Major violence, no sex. And then you have these underground industries like in Germany and, J- and Japan, these sex-only games where it's just sex. There do- I mm-hmm. mean, there seems to be a fragmentation of the developer, video game developer's mind where there hasn't been a, an integration of the two with any, uh, to any point of comfortableness. Yeah. I mean, I guess the whole sex games industry is a, is a really weird one. Because I don't oh, yeah. really, as far as I can tell, it's not really based on the whole game part. The whole game part is, it's basically just clicking through text, as far as I can tell. So it's it's more of an interactive anime or something. But, uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 weird. I to think th- I, I I think that we're not going to see successful implementation of uh, sexual content in video games until. We get video games with a narrative that can hold it up because if you build the sexual content around gameplay, it comes off as kind of just pervy, kind of. Actually, how about Heavy Rain? Again, we um, that's a lot of too much theory. We can't really yeah. discuss yeah. a lot of that yet. And so far, we haven't seen any you know mini game or any quick time events connected to a sexual action yet. I don't know yeah. what's well, going but we're well, far too I much mean, theory here. Yeah, we did see her put on lipstick and stuff like that through through QTEs, uh, but Ooh. that's about it. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, lipstick. Ooh, going a little hardcore there, man. <laughs> but I like what Elliot's saying here. We need to uh, we need to evolve the storytelling mechanics of video games in general um, because that's that's a major dilemma in terms of implementing sexuality. I mean, there has well, to be a strong I'm, core. I mean, I think we, I think we've uh, approached Hollywood's level of sexuality, don't you? I mean, look at Metal Gear Solid Three, for example. It's basically a, the perfect Hollywood ripoff of a sexual act. Um, an early Hollywood, not modern Hollywood. Holly, um, yeah. Modern Hollywood is much more um, bombastic and front, uh, full frontal about it. No pun intended. Yeah. But um, in terms of vi- uh, video games, I mean. Um, I would want to see them almost bypass Hollywood, yeah. skip over skip over Hollywood, and their and instead go to independent cinema or even foreign cinema. I know that my film geek is showing, but yeah. um, implement sexuality in a way that it it furthers character relationships or furthers the story rather than yeah. just being a, a device. Like what Elliot is saying, I mean, when we just implemented it to gameplay, like quick-time button press events in God of War, it feels, you know, ridiculous, humorous, and we feel very childish and giddy for laughing at it because it's yeah, it's a very childish way of taking it. But I think um, I, 
all right, well, we're we're talking far too much about what we uh, um, what we don't have, but I think what would be interesting for everyone listening is Mats and Elliot. What? How do you want it to be? I mean, um, give us a give. Let's let's think of actual examples of how we would want that to be. How we how we would want sex being part of video games. Well, um, I guess what I would want is for it to be a more of a. I mean, obviously, not every game can do it. I mean, very few games can do it. I think it needs to be more of a meaningful act. I think it needs to be more of the main plot and more of the... uh, Well, as you said, it it needs to develop the story more. It could be psychological, it could be uh, uh, gains, rewards, it could be just, uh, uh, you know, it, it could be gruesome. But it needs to be real. It needs to feel real. It needs to feel like this is is having a meaningful impact on the characters. It needs to be done. It doesn't necessarily need to be done tastefully. I I think sex is beyond that. I think sex sex can be... uh, I mean, realistic is not the same as tasteful. That's true. So... I mean, but I I think what you're... what, uh, What you're trying to see... I mean, what I see too is there's a removal... Every time sex happens in a video game, when it does, yeah, it's just like the only time. This, the only, it's it's this isn't yeah. sex scene, and let's move on. Yeah. It's not Na- this is the sex scene. scene. You don't really see them reference that as much later in the game. You don't see them go back to that. You don't see them develop relationships because of that and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so that's I mean, what. I just think that as long as the plot calls for it, and if. A sexual encounter is, you know, arrive if the characters arrive at a sexual encounter in a natural and organic way, and it's not just, you know, put in there, then that would be fine. I just think that currently a lot of developers are aware of the ramifications of having sexual content in their games, and they might be, and I just think I just say certainly that they're shying away from that. Anything that might lead to that, because if you end up in a position where characters do have a sexual encounter you have a choice to either have it in there and face an adults only rating or take it out yeah which is the death sentence for video games but mm. i also yeah. think i also don't think sex needs to be limited to sex and i know I'll, I'll explain there but i think what also needs to happen is characters that exude a sense of either sexual confidence or more uh, more active sexuality to it not not necessarily just um you know being a not, I'm not asking for Bayonetta. I'm more asking for... Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of it now because technology has allowed for characters to uh, emote on a more grander level, but I would like to see someone utilizing that, not even getting to the point of actually doing sex, but utilizing sexual impressions about her or him to, uh, to further the narrative in that sense, not even you know getting to an actual bumping ugly session. Um, yeah. I, think, I think sex needs to be broader than just a sex scene or even a sex scene that has ramifications later on. I think sexuality yeah, I think just in sexual tension level. would be you know sexual tension in video games. Uh, well, okay, let's you know, say uh, for, for that I can just drop in really quickly and short one. There's a bunch there of sex, Yeah, there's a bunch of sex, sexual tension in that game. And and I yeah. think that's the right way to do it really. You they never really do anything. But it's no, really hard at I, the same time. I think that was the point. It was very um, pulp action comic book. But yeah. there, mm-hmm. uh, we can name more of it, more games that experiment with sexuality in this generation 
than any prior generation before that. And I think that's because technology and advancements in the narrative structure in itself. I mean, yeah. there's been more games in the past few years that have used a branching storyline or a story, a choose-your-own-adventure storyline than ever before. I think these advancements mm-hmm. are going to tie in directly to how sexuality plays in games. Because once you start with sex scenes that actually have emotional impact and characters that exude sexuality, you actually might have to... You, for video games, I mean, comparatively to all other media formats, I see no gay characters. I see no bisexual characters. I see no... Um, I see no characters of any any sort except bland, uh, bland assumed heterosexuality. Gears of yeah, War but, being the yeah, but example. Let's, example. Let's, let's, be, let's, let's be honest here as well. This is largely also because uh, developers always try to make their characters um, uh, accessible. So, yeah, accessible, sociable. And, and uh, well, it's not exactly a majority, but I do think it no, would uh, be interesting. Um, but, no, I, mean, I would like to see some gay characters. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not asking for you know you know Spyro to come out next his next game. But I am. But name a gay character in a video game, be it a side character or an NPC or even just an, uh, a voiceover. That's basically uh, the only one I can tell. That's true. I mean, you have hints. I mean, video games at the moment are very 1940s, 1930s Hollywood now, where it's all. It's all. Well, I think yeah. you, you can yeah. actually be gay in Mass Effect, so. Yeah, uh, yeah, but think about uh, other examples. Like, there's a lot of Dynasty War characters that mm. can be construed as that, but it's all hints. You all have to assume. Oh, it's JRPGs that. as well. <laughs> uh, well. I think that JRPG protagonists are more. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. No, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying not not protagonists, but but side characters. A lot Very of the whole so. uh, the whole mentor. Uh, Thing is also very uh, sexual undertones. In JRPGs, you you really oftentimes notice. I mean, they'll slap each other on the on the butt and uh, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's very campy, but it's it definitely has some sort of um, sexual uh, charges. But it's still all construed. I mean, uh, I'm that's actually a problem in everything as of right now. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of. Wait a second. What about a? What about Grand Theft Auto IV, the Battle Ballad of Gay Tony? Again, we have no idea what that means. <laughs> oh, and also that's just, yeah, that's not a good example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to pan out, but as of right now, I'm very iffy. I'm very hesitant. <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, just the name is just suspect. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I was going to mention. Um, I don't like like you said Elliot. I don't think it necessarily has to tie in with the plot. I know I mentioned that it should 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 sort of mean more, but but it, but I don't also think there's room for for the other way. Uh, I think uh, if you have a character that's very sexually confident and very sort of a a prowler basically, it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't hurt if he went on, out on the town one day and got laid, you know. That would yeah. just be natural to him. I think that would a be perfect for like a Max Payne three. I mean, he's in self, you know, he's just perpetual state of self-loving. He gets one night stands. I mean, I it would not and be unrealistic for Max Brazil. Payne. Yeah. Yeah, but the way it looks now, he's never gonna get a chick. <laughs> well, yeah, true. But I mean, in that whole noir setting, it would have been completely understandable if Max, well, but- if let's say in Max Payne two, you know, he got a hooker, or you know, just. Something think, you know in a seedy New York yeah. motel. Also, there's going to be a Sin City game, so that's probably going to have some of that. But I think we're stretching out points we've already made right now. But yeah. I also think that 
sexuality, again, I'm going to mention, and it's not limited to actual sex or even hints about sex. I mean, take a look at um, romantic closeness or intimacy in any sense. I mean, if you, if you want me to list my most intimate moments in cinema, a lot of them aren't going to be from rated R movies. Like a recent example was Wally. Just the, just the need for companionship to the extent of holding hands was a major narrative element that I can see yeah. utilized in, in video games. Ico being one of them. How about? I mean, more along that line would seriously help games getting, you know, be, uh, getting a serious image to themselves. How about? Yeah, I mean, um, just Team Ico is just. Uh, hold on. I mean, Elliot, Matt, Matt, go ahead. I was going to say, how about Final Fantasy X? Even though it evolves past that point, uh, at the start, they really have something going there. That's true. I mean, there have been experiments, but I'd like to see more of that mm. and sort of a wider spread. Elliot, you were trying to say something? Well, in terms of Final Fantasy, I'd say the best you know, relationships would probably be uh, the... Uh, Implied love triangle between Terra, Locke, and uh, Salus in uh, Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> Just keep coming back to that, man. But no, I mean yeah, there have yeah. been, there have been advances. Yeah. yeah, there have there have been advances, but I think this needs to be a more com- a common element. I not necessarily. I don't want it everywhere, but I think I want more people to try Bioware's line of for, uh, line of development. I want people to try and be Obsidian. With um, entertainment, with their with their relationships and their dialogue between each other, I think I think we have room for advancement. I just think that to return to our basic point, we need to shut up everyone, <laughs> all of our outside influences before we can progress internally. We need to get over the fact that media hate us um, and hate our products regardless, even if we are incredibly mature and have a 30 second sex scene in a 40 hour game. I also, think- we we need to do something about the adult only rating. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a death definitely. Sentence. It's an absolute death sentence in terms of game sales. But I think that's a large, again, a larger problem because I think AO we should just not. Go ahead. I think we should just remove it. Completely. I, yes. Yeah. Just uh, M is the is the maximum. I mean, to you guys, M is is 17 plus, but to us, M is 18 plus. And what's really more than 18 plus? Nothing. What's the point? You're an adult. So. I, I don't just think make the just is, uh, just make M empty uh, eighteen plus and just put whatever you want in the game. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because eighteen plus, I can click enter on any porn site, <laughs> depending on what well, I mean, state you don't have I'm to be eighteen. <laughs> At seventeen, yeah, well, I can click it. Yeah, I can click it legally, technically. Uh, okay, but I don't think um, what I've been trying to say. I don't think the problem with the AO rating is the rating itself. Because the problem isn't the rating, it's the retail view of the rating. Because Walmart, Best Buy, all these major retailers won't yeah. carry AO products. It's I like think NC-17. Yeah, but what's the point? What's the point of having a rating that's one year ahead of the, the, the other one? Because it's a way to threaten developers. Just like NC-17 is a way to threaten and pressure filmmakers, AO rating is a way to threaten and pressure game developers. Exactly, For so instance, we should just remove it. Yeah, but then these rating systems lose all control. For instance, the fight in the House of Blue Leaves in Kill Bill Volume 1, the one with the crazy 88s, the one in black and white, it was only in black and white because doing it in color would give it an NC-17 rating. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's true. And 
it was actually over the top violence, though. But yeah, I, I do see what you guys see. Removing the AO rating and making mature the big one, then then we have a very top heavy rating system that I don't think the ESRB is mature enough to handle, or even any, or even the MPAA is mature enough to handle. And the thing is, um, then they're not going to be able to threaten any developers. They're not going to be able to say, take this out, or we're going to make it adults only. Essentially saying, take this out, or your game is not going to sell. But look at Europe. We have PGR, uh, PGER, and and that works. We have 18+, plus. that's maximum rating, and we release pretty much all games here. Man on 2 is here, everything's here. So... Yeah, I but know. Europeans and, uh, are much better than, but much better than Americans in this sense, Mons. Haven't you learned anything? <laughs> yeah, whenever but, it com- when it comes to sexuality, <laughs> Americans are extremely repressed. You know, mm. we're a very puritanical country, and you know, there still remains of you know prohibition, for Christ's sake. Uh, but it's not getting into American just, American sociology here. Um, yeah. I think. I think the major problem with uh, with video games and rating system is the outside. I think our major problem in all of this is outside perception, and I don't think that's something we can uh, we can think of as being cha- able to be changed in, anytime soon. Yeah. So I think we just need people to try it. I think they just. I just think we need more developers to say screw it and just do it. Yep. And I and I think I think we're seeing that, and I'm very happy to see that. I mean, I think in my interview. No, oh, go ahead. I think the next GTA should do that because that's a big enough yes. game to get the ball rolling. Yeah. And so if anyone can get away with it, it would be them. Yeah. Sure. So, um, wow, I just missed my entire point. But no, um, <laughs> even even non-GTA games, I interviewed um, an assistant producer at Sega for Alpha Protocol. That game coming out, and he's making a major point of saying, we can do this. And it's, a, it's almost becoming a point of pride and developers saying, we can pull this off. And that's something yeah. we as consumers and we as journalists need to we need to a we need to help that we need to further that ambition because I think that ambition is going to help carry that over and even in the non GTA games that's something we well, need I've to support. I've been looking forward to Alpha Protocol for a while. I mean, that's definitely on my must buy list for this year. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. But one one last point to mull over before we we round out. Um, is the video game medium as a whole suitable for sexual uh, for sexuality? I think the we video have, game media. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We have RPGs. We have story driven. We have story driven games, but the ones that sell, the ones that get the most press, the one the ones that are the most popular amongst fans are all extremely what's the word rigid in terms of narrative structure or narrative possibilities. Do we think that it's a as a whole as a whole medium? That is something that can get a wide enough dis- wide enough dispersal to become relevant to stay relevant. First off, let me touch on the point that I think video games has the potential to be the greatest storytelling medium ever. I think the interactivity is extremely important, and I think utilizing yeah. that to tell a story has an immense amount of potential. I think it could surpass books, and that's and that for me to say that is really a big deal. Uh, but well, I, th- I think that film surpassed books. <laughs> well, I'm 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 I mean, films have to end in three hours usually. Uh, you, you you sort of have to compress everything in films. Uh, in video well, games, then you don't, TV, you don't... then television. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe TV. Yeah, but but good uh, TV games... as in like 
Hey, yeah, hey, HBO. Semantics, semantics. Math has a point. Yeah. Math has a point. Let's okay. let him get to it. It's uh, so in terms of, uh, but in video games, uh, I mean, I know not everyone is as big of a fan as Silent Hill as I, uh, in Silent Hill as I am, but that's a game that really, yeah, showcases storytelling, uh, and and uh, and I think that if we strive to, to sort of go more in that direction with. With every game, I, I think I don't think making things mainstream necessarily means dumbing it down in terms of story. I think it means more dumbing it down in terms of, of gameplay um, and and sort of uh, appealing to the mass audience through innovation. Look of Call. I don't know. I look at look at Call of Duty and the perk system. That's n- that yeah. story isn't particularly dumbed down in terms of FPS games. I think, in fact, I think it's one of the best. But, but I think the concern in terms of video games is, is the mass audience one prone to liking sexual, uh, sexuality-laced narrative? Well, I think the yeah. problem is that I think video games are it. still, you know, non-video gamers still see video games as for kids. And that's why they get so much flack for having anything, you know, even remotely resembling sex. Because, it's all, you know, yeah, everyone, it's all about the children. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's please think of the children, and I mean, until the video games shake that image of being associated with kids, I don't think it's really going to be that possible. Well, I think there's always going to be this, the 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 hardcore games, as you like to call them, the uh, the ones that aren't as popular as Call of Duty or whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think games like uh, T. Michael games. They could get away with it, you know, because they're, you know, the typical artsy-fartsy games, you know, just sort of on a higher level. But, I mean, I think the medium is perfectly suitable for anything. Anything that's suitable for film could be done in video games as well. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, you were I, I, um, Well, um, Elliot elaborated on it. Um, yeah, okay. I, I pretty much agree. Um, I think, um, like I mentioned, I think video games really the potential is immense, and and I don't think we should let if if people don't like it, if people if people have uh, misconceptions about it, we should change that. We shouldn't ignore mm. it and, and move on and, and do something else. We should strive to to to, to yeah to change the um, perception of video games, and we should do that through mature content. We should not do that through Mario having sex with Peach. We should do that through, uh, you know, w- whatever mature game, the next Team Ico game. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mario can't get it up. Why do you think Peach always gets kidnapped? <laughs> yeah, so we, we should do it. <laughs> Where do you think all of, the, should, we should all of Bowser's kids come from? <laughs> okay, okay, Matt. Round up we, sh- we should, do it. So we we should obviously do it with games that are clearly not meant for children. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. and and we should also market it as as uh, as a as a mature game. We shouldn't do it next to sports events because that's something yeah. everyone watches. And I think there's a yeah. too big of a habit of doing the Super Bowl commercials or whatever in America. Yeah. And I think we need to do it with late night television, with uh, with mature uh, shows that are hard to penetrate for children. Uh, so market it to the audience that it's intended for. Exactly, and we're not. Doing I think that. It could also indicate uh, a surge for PC gaming because PC games tend to be able to get away with a lot more, mostly because there isn't a massive company yeah. licensing out their hardware. 
Yeah, and plus you can get it out no matter what. Yeah. But it doesn't right. don't have La- to. Yeah, yeah well, ahead, whatever, bro. let's move on. Last serious point before we can be funny here. Um, I actually think there's a structure currently in place where we can see if we get this structure of artsy-fartsy, non-mainstream games implementing sexuality and narrative, that it will eventually filter through into the popular games. Again, I reference the yeah. perk system in Call of Duty 4, a very RPG-centric mindset that has been integrated into the shooter. And we're seeing more and more RPG elements or uh, platforming or puzzle elements integrated into these popular mechanics. If we do that a yeah. narrative, I can see the games that want to have it all, that want to be you know, the, the mainstream game for absolutely everyone, will begin implementing it and we'll see that we just need to get that started. We need to get everyone, uh, we need to get those mainstream games doing it. And I think we're on the right track. Yeah. But to round it's, it off and a point in a... Um, all right, one last point for me, Ben. Yeah, it's it's going the same way as movies, because uh, you know, even as recent as uh, ten years ago, uh, full frontal nudity only in the independent films. Uh, you would yep. hardly ever see it in Hollywood, and, and especially male full frontal. But now, every single Judd Apatow movie, almost every single <laughs> Judd Apatow movie, you see some dude's wang. <laughs> yeah, and All right. I mean, oh, much Python. Well, yeah. Uh, Monty Python can do whatever that. I don't care about British. Ah. uh, I mean, it's just a matter of time before everything permeates the mainstream. Mm. All right. Call of Duty 6, sex minigames. Look forward. But all right, guys. (laughs) Last point to round out the question of the week. Give me your favorite favorite game that implements sexuality and narrative in any sense. Favorite games. Um, I'll go. I'll start off first, and it's going to be a obscure pick here. I want to say Persona 4 because it has an extremely mature method of telling story. It, it's a very simple gimmick where people's um, the, where the parts of people that they do not that they uh, shirk away from that they don't that they don't allow themselves to recognize that they are part of them. They manifest themselves as demonic shadows, and they need to they need to. Because, uh, they need to become aware of that, and they need to accept that part of themselves for it to succeed and not destroy the world. And that allowed for a lot of miniature narratives about people uncomfortable with their sexuality, people that um, are aggressively repressed, all, the, all these kind of story mechanics that are very in-depth and very deep to be, to be expressed. And I think that was a really good method of implementing sexuality and narrative. So what about you guys? Um, I'm going to say Max Payne. Uh, I can't remember if it, if it was one or two. I think it was two. Uh, I'm going to say that. Uh, I was thinking of saying um, Uncharted, but uh, on um, on reflection, I think uh, Max Payne is, is a better choice. Just because of the... of the They were really brilliant the way they handled it, and I think that needs to be done more. Uh, that sort of... Uh, it has a strange sort of disconnect, but at the same time, you, you sort of really recognize the the imagery and the and the uh, and the yeah the sound and everything. You, you sort of really think, yeah, this is actually happening, and and it's not and it's not weird at all, you know. Yeah, I love it. Huh. Um. Probably. Ah, oh, crud, it was on the tip of my tongue. Ah, uh... oh, crud, I can't remember. I had a good okay. one, too. 
Elliot says Conqueror's bad for a day. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, you got you got shit to pimp. Pimp your shit, Matt. Go yeah. Ahead. Uh, so yeah, uh, the usual pimp. Um, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review and a rating. I really can't stress this enough, guys. Uh, it's it's it's. I'm disappointed in you guys. I know a fair amount of you guys listen to us. And I want you, even if you don't have an iTunes account, it, it's free. Just go in there, uh, create an account, uh, go find Elder, Elder Speak by searching for it in the iTunes store, and just write out a review. I don't really care if you, if you give it a good, if you give it a good score or not. I mean, yes, I'd prefer it if you did, but just having an amount of reviews will help us. It will push us up the list uh, of popularity, and it will make sure more people actually see the podcast. Um, and that's important to me, and that's important to us, and that's important to you if you want the com- community community to grow. Um, so, yeah, that's the big pimp. Uh, also, uh, subscribe to the YouTube um, uh, sub- uh, subscription. Um, subscribe to uh, Viddler if you have that. So, uh, uh, subscribe to our RSS feeds. We have one for comments and one for posts with the new site relaunch, and that re- works really well. It works perfectly, and it, it updates uh, on the second, so, so you don't have to worry about us being delayed and stuff because it's automatic now. Uh, you can also uh, join our Facebook group and, and uh, talk to guys there. Uh, we have a few people there that don't necessarily go to the site that often. that are just friends and family, so if you want to sort of... You know, stalk us and find out everything about us. That's a good place to be. Um, and um, and yeah, if if you um, if you want to join the forums, if you actually haven't done that yet, that's that's also great. And if you want to get friends and family to join the forums and talk shit about you, that's awesome. Uh, the more the merrier, and we take everyone. Um, they don't necessarily have to be an elder geek. We can just make them one. That's okay. Um, and and uh, I think we're pretty confident that this is gonna um, this is gonna be big, but cool. we need you guys' help, and uh, and it, it'd be great if you did so. All right, guys, you heard him. Stop disappointing Matt. You're making him sad. Yep. Every time Matt gets sad, a little piece of Norway just just breaks off from the globe, just disappears. Yep, and that's that's, <laughs> that's terrible for everybody. All the okay, races, guys. Well. We we've stayed on, we've stayed here far too long. We're gonna round this out. This was Elder Speak, episode seventeen, the official podcast for Elder Geek dot com. I have been your host, news editor for the site, Gavin, and with me has been Elliot. Say bye bye. Bye bye. And Mats. Bye guys. Later guys, thanks for listening.